they're probably like there's probably an interest in like low recoil bills the swipe and so youtube's like ah i know just the video for you yeah and then they see the thumbnail and it's like no way that's right yeah. i gotta investigate you're wrong mr youtuber yeah, exactly <laughs> like, i was like yeah. oh there's a lot of engagement this is great let's keep pushing it and <laughs> giga's like no stop please yeah yeah because then people are commenting as well yeah it's probably, it's probably something to do with that too if people are watching it and they're like commenting just like oh no this is wrong and the user's like wow people are really engaging really strongly with this video push 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 let's go Welcome to Scav Talk, Escape from Tarkov podcast with a continuing focus on development of the game, patch note analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussions. My name is Church, I'm one of your hosts. I am a uh, video editor for a Tarkov YouTuber named Airwing Marine. I'm Gigabeef, a Tarkov YouTuber helping you guys get better at Escape from Tarkov. And welcome back for another episode of Scav Talk. Church, how has your week been so far? I'm um, pretty good. I've been getting back into my workflow kind of taking an extended vacation you could say and trying to get back into that efficiency plus creativeness things like that so um yeah it's been good been leaning back on the gaming more on the work side yeah Mm, that's that's fair that's fair yeah it's um kind of similar i i guess i'm yeah i've got like quite a few things that i'm i'm sort of doing and planning and having to sort out at the moment so kind of kind of the same but i think that's if you're going to do that i think now is probably the right time in the cycle of tarkov anyway (laughs) (laughs) because that was a strangely worded accidental freudian (laughs) slash i don't even know what given that the cycle actually came out with its second part but we'll talk about that in a bit it's a good time to take that kind of break because not that much is happening within eft there were some things we've had an event today or yesterday yeah i was actually kind of yeah. surprised yeah yeah me too me too especially if a little soon no news yeah i think it's just nice to go back to having some sure sure other stuff to do and i think yeah, that's especially valid now at this point in the wipe because you now you start hearing people talking about <laughs> where we're at what the state of tarkov is and whether it's in a good place or a bad place and I think some people see the game as in a good place or a bad place, depending upon how much content there is and how bored people feel, as opposed to necessarily how well the game plays. Because I think a lot of people overwhelmingly feel that the game still plays pretty well. But I've seen tweets around people saying that servers don't feel that full, slash there's less people playing the game. But I think that's that's fair enough. There's patterns to this stuff. There's ebbs and flows of the game. You I get a lot of people in the wipe, and then when it comes back down, people disappear. But without any events, there's not that many people coming back. Towards the end of the wipe, people come back for the, the events and getting ready for the new patch and that kind of thing. So there's definitely that low ebb at the moment where there's no content and that kind of thing. But that's that's okay. That's fine. And then we've also had a flurry of other games. We have the geopolitical macro over, overview as well, which clearly mm. doesn't help the whole situation. Sure. But then we have Elden Ring, which has come out, which yeah, literally everybody in the world except for me has been playing. And then, as I said, we've also got the cycle that's just come out now as well with its second second patch. So even if not that many people are playing or lots of people playing, whatever, it has an impact upon the number of people playing EFT. So it's just the the way of things. I'm not really concerned about it. It's the, I think it's natural. You, you can't have... Without the without the slower periods, you don't have fast periods, right? So, <laughs> Dude, I saw a stat that 
Elden Ring sold like 12 million copies. Um, and they, FromSoft predicted like, yeah, well, like our target goal is like 4 million. So they like triple that. And I want to say wow. like the first, was it Dark Souls 1 or Dark Souls 3? They only hit like 2 million or something. Like it's, I'm about, I'm about to look up um, compared to Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Because, dude, that's insane. I didn't realize that. Like, it's kind of crazy how popular that game is right now. It is crazy, yeah. I think it's one of those things where you get the that power of people have been burnt quite a lot by games that have been hyped for one reason or another. We had Cyberpunk, we've had the new Battlefield. There's lots of games that have mm-hmm. come, been mm-hmm. hyped, and then flopped relatively. And so you get the influx of people who've either pre-ordered or they've they've ordered it as the game's come out, and then the game has not been that great, and it kind of pauses there. Whereas I can imagine with this, all the people who were really hyped about it have bought it anyway. Then more people have bought it on launch. Then there's been amazing reviews. Everyone said it's one of the best games of its type to come out in a very 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 long time. And with the issues with a lot of other games, that I'm sure people have gone well, that will drive me to buy because. It's one of those things that I may end up playing at some point just due to the sheer good reviews of this thing where I wouldn't have picked it up before. I don't really like pre-ordering anymore because I've been burnt in the past. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I was, I'm never worried about not being first into this stuff now. I'm, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. So I'd much rather wait to see what things are like and then decide afterwards. And I, I do think that a good portion of people are that way inclined these days, especially after some of the some of the interesting launches that yeah. we've seen. Like being there first on launch also sometimes just sucks, man. Like you can't even get in the game. You just had like the New World queuing and even you know, Tarkov <laughs> queuing. You've got yeah. Lost Art queuing. You, it's just every game is played with these things because it's just such a hard thing from a developer's perspective. You don't want to invest in five times the amount of servers that you need, but you probably do need them for a week. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. It's very very yep. hard. Yeah, so I, I can imagine that that's why it's done so well. It's one of the very few games that has been extremely hyped in the first place, and mm. then has delivered on that hype. It's very rare, actually, now <laughs> to get a game like that. Yeah. So I mean, that's so, all from what people have said. That's just from an outsider's perspective. Yeah. So yeah, pre-wipe events. Um... Free wipe events. <laughs> people, uh, you know, raping about the wipes. I mean, this for me, it's just like clockwork, man. Every two to three months after you know a wipe, the game just gets. There's just no content, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, just there's. I don't know. You could argue like PvP, but uh, for me, that's just not really what. I don't know. Whatever. So. For me, the well dries up a bit, and then the pre-wipe events help, but ah, it's just that new white man. Just I love that progression. I love the progression. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one because like I've always kind of argued that like the PvP and just playing the game once you've unlocked all the stuff is kind of the game. But I don't know. Like these days, maybe I feel a bit differently about it because I've always argued before that in Call of Duty and in PUBG and in Fortnite, there's no overarching. I don't know what the best way to describe it. Not like a meta plot, but the RPGness of it, you know, the stash yeah. and the economics and the hideout and all the like progression. That's what I should. Yeah, there's no long game in those games. You just go in and you do your thing, right. and then you either win or you lose, and then you you queue into another one. And that's its own kind of longevity because 
you can be improve you're basically improving your own skills and getting better and that's that's fine and that's sort of the same with tarkov too but i think the expectation with tarkov is that there will be progression outside of just you yeah. and yourself improving at the game because of the way the game is set up and so that expectation is set up and then when that runs out it then feels flat i suppose at the end of that because you've been used to getting that progression i guess it's even a dopamine thing you know you get used to yeah getting oh, those sweet hits every time you upgrade stuff and you feel like you're making progress and then once Dude. you reach the end you think well what now right and it's like yeah 100 percent like <laughs> Gotta get that pocket watch, dude. I'm sweating my balls off. You know what I mean? And then you get that sweet release once you finally do it, like all the struggles. And then after, you know, once you get to the late game, you get all this money. It's just like, it's really hard. You gotta like start doing crazy stuff. Like I'm gonna bring a Sega 9 with like wooden hand stock and no, no, no stock on the back and the silencer. And, you know, I'm only gonna use TMO to really get, you know, it's like, <laughs> you're like some ex- extremists there trying to like, get really intense so you can get that sweet sweet hit of dopamine and yeah i don't know I, I really i really it's interesting because i didn't really get into tarkov because of the progression system i didn't really know what it was mm. um i just saw a video of general sam and aqua and we were like yo aqua you want to get dorky at dorms i love telling the story every time because i was like watching i was like i want to get dorky at dorms i want to get dorky at dorms <laughs> and uh yeah dude i love love that uh rpg progression and those as annoying as the quests are, there, there is something about getting that sweet goal accomplished, and yeah, that dopamine squirt in my brain. I I love it. I'm like a little lab rat. Yes, Jaeger. Yeah, I'll I'll do your tasks and just smashing the accept button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what got me into it in the first place was the economic angle and hearing about the flea market mm-hmm. and the player driven economy and the yeah. fact that it's you can sell and buy any because this was back when you could sell and buy anything. And that was what got me in in the first place. And I enjoyed the... This is the thing. I think that it's better for the game not to have the flea the way it was. But I enjoyed it, honestly. It's just personal mm-hmm. preference. I did actually enjoy the way that the way that it felt as a player. And yeah, it was bad overall for the type of game that they want and the way that then gear and scarcity ended up being, which is unfortunate because I I like those kind of economies. I think they're they're kind of cool. I've never played EVE, but I've always been envious of those that did back in the day when mm-hmm. it was i don't know newer um because it's that that ship has sailed a long long time ago in, in another yeah. life i'd be you know in in some kind of hovel just playing that game for 20 years <laughs> there's definitely an, an old parallel universe where yeah he's I, I did that and achieved nothing yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so i don't know that's kind it. of what got me in the first place it was like fps combined with the survival yeah it's just a bit of everything because i played daisy before played the other shooters, the Counter-Strikes and the Call of Duties and, and that kind of thing. But then I've always been a strategy guy. So that combination of all of those elements just, yeah, just really brought me in. But exactly, this, it's sort of the the same thing from another aspect is that then when you have billions of rubles, you're thinking, well, the thing that I really enjoy is not necessarily making the ruble count go up, so to speak, but mm-hmm. making the most of making the, the most efficient choices that you can within that system. But then once you have 50 mil, you don't really need to bother that anymore. Right. And it actually, some the min-maxing is kind of part of the fun for me. Yeah. Because 100%. you think, oh, well, I can now, I can bring in more kit or run better loadouts than other people because I'm doing this or doing that and I've found this clever trick to do this and that. But when you don't need to do that anymore, it, it loses a bit of its shine. So, yeah, I mean, I totally, I totally get that. I totally get that. But on, on, that, on that note, so we do mm-hmm. have the... The two events that are going on at the moment. I've actually not. Well, I'm not. I'm probably not going to go into interchange to try and find out what's <laughs> happening. But we've got we've got two letters. 
One basically saying raiders are hunting for Tegillo on factory, which is kind of cool. I will probably play some factory. Um, I've, I've been playing in my downtime and off stream, I've been playing the cycle instead. So that's why I haven't actually gone in yet, but I'll probably do. I'm intending to stream tomorrow, so I'm probably going to play then and see what factory's like. So raiders on factory actually appeals to me a lot more than the other side of the event, which is that supposedly, what was it, Killer warned Tegillo that they were coming, that the raiders were coming for him. And so Tegillo has escaped to interchange and the two right. brothers are wreaking havoc on interchange together. Not that like Killer was bad enough on his own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on interchange, right? So they just add Tegillo in there for good measure. The dude who takes 12 to 15 shots of like 55A1 to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's 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 fun. That's fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing against Raiders on Factory. So but it's good that they're getting back into these events. And then there was a an interesting update because Nice Guy's obviously slowed down his his content. Everyone watches Nice Guy. We watch Nice Guy. His stuff is the best in in our little world for figuring out what's going on. And he has interesting insights that other people don't necessarily get to see because he's speaking to people behind the scenes and stuff. And yeah. he said that there may be a content patch coming up, which I was quite surprised, actually. And he was expecting that it might be quite a lot of stuff, like the Lighthouse expansion and all sorts of things. He said that, you know, there's no no word that it is going to be that or anything, but he's expecting quite a few things if you go and watch his latest video about what he thinks is going to be in there. I was surprised because I, to be honest, wasn't necessarily expecting a content patch. It would be great to get one, but I, it wasn't something that I thought was necessarily on the horizon in the near mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of expecting maybe like a few new toys and a few new like bug fixes and quality of life stuff. Kind of like, kind of like some previous patches where they did that. Like, I want to say, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, that's kind of what I was expecting. So when you mentioned um, BIOS expansion as a possibility, of course, mm, yeah, um, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised. But then again, yeah, it's hard to say because they've just had their heads down this since the patch came out, honestly. Um, so yeah, it's hard. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much all that's been going on. I would say, I don't think there's been much else going on, um, in the world of, in the world of EFT. Um, I did, yeah, I don't know what, what, what you wanted to get started with, whether you wanted to take a, take a tangent off and talk the cycle a little bit. I don't know if you've been able to play, that much yet and then we can swing back around to to tarkov again after we've um uh, that. i mean I, I don't really have anything to talk about tarkov wise um but oh you know what i will just jump into this i did watch your video this morning ish morning for me um <laughs> and uh yeah it makes it actually makes sense the way you put it so i guess for those who don't know you did a video about the bullet recoil reduction stats and it was kind of sent around the new 7 and 40 is it called that was the original video yeah exactly yes. the yeah ex- yeah it's been it's been it's been an interesting one it ha- definitely has been an interesting one this mm-hmm. video today this is saturday the 19th for those who are listening to this later has been playing on my mind let's say for a while i even messaged church about it about a week ago and i was like i want to make something about this but i don't really know how and i'm not sure exactly what to do because the original video as you say i made it about the 7n40 ammo because it is cracked 
<laughs> no one can get hold of really more than about 60 of it at a time. And it's got decent pen and damage, but it has minus 20% or fixed recoil was always the question. No one really knew. And in the past, it never really seemed to matter. Firstly, because I don't think that those recall bonuses were actually implemented until I'm not sure exactly when, maybe 12.11 or something. I don't think it was 12.12, 12, yeah. but I think maybe they were in in 12.11, but no one really noticed. I don't know. But 12.12, 12, they were definitely in. And I think as people, maybe it came in halfway through or something, so people didn't notice at first because everyone was just using endgame rounds. But now now that you can't use APSX and stuff, the MP7, because that was sort mm -hmm. of where I started noticing this to begin with, was like SB193 versus SS190 for the P90 and the subsonics versus FMJs for the MP7s, because it's more obvious there. There's less variables. And once you can't use APSX anymore, then you think, well, these two are very similar. And then you try them both out and one feels very different to the other. Anyway, that, that aside. So 7M40 for 545 is really good because it has a 50% accuracy bonus, which is insane, and the 20 recall buff, which is also insane. I mean, it's, that's, that's completely mental. So the question really arises then of what is that? Is that actually minus 20? Because it says minus 20, but there's other things in the game that aren't necessarily labeled quite right, and you can never trust what's in the UI. So yeah, I did a bunch of the, testing. The UI doesn't have a percentage next to it, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. But so there in is... the UI, lots of other places have percents, but not yes. on that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's one of those things where lots of people said afterwards in various comments, like, oh, well, obviously it's minus 20, lol. And it's like, well, no, it obviously <laughs> isn't necessarily that because you can't, like, you can't trust. There's lots of stuff in this game. You know, there's the work that Veritas and, and his buddies have been doing about hearing and the 25% plus bonus to hearing and stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, that number doesn't actually mean anything. It isn't doesn't necessarily that's not the numbers that you see if you're talking about thresholds for distances and, and that kind of thing so you can't trust blindly the numbers that are in the system and you can't even trust whether they've been labeled correctly maybe they just didn't add it you know lots of people don't use their units on stuff which is a as a, a, a scientist is very annoying um unlabeled graphs is one of the like we should be banned <laughs> but anyway um so okay so long story short so I, I did the i did that video a while back and when i did the testing it did seem that the main thing that I was testing was whether it used the recoil system for attachments or whether right. it was doing something else. That was really the, the point of that video. And it was really to try and get down to how it works exactly. But the fact that it clearly doesn't use the base recoil like all the attachments do is obvious to see when you just think about like well today's one was about us ammo but that's like minus 30 and if that did minus 30 percent of the base recoil you could get ak's to like negative recoil and stuff so like it, it wouldn't actually that wouldn't make any sense it, do, it doesn't even you don't even need to do any testing you can actually just think about it and it, it doesn't really work out but anyway so then i hadn't really thought it through to that level at that point and so I was trying to figure out then whether it was yeah minus 20 based on the on the base or minus 20 fixed points because the third option, which is that it's a percentage change, but after all the other stats on there, it was an option, but it was, I just like, I just didn't think that was really, re I just didn't think that would be the case at the time. I just kind of didn't think about it. And I was like, well, if it's something different, then maybe it'll be obvious. And I kind of forgot about it at that point, but I did actually have it pointed out to me fairly quickly. Somebody mm -hmm. said, you forgot about options B and C in the video, whether it's... <clears throat> fixed 20 or whether it's 20 percent of the after modded recoil and they were like well the problem is what you've done is because the the guns you've used are quite close to 100 
Will are, yeah. are you even able to tell if there's you know the recall's gone from you know ninety six to to eighty one or whatever, and now the other ones at like seventy eight? Like you're not going to be able to tell free recall because you didn't test explicitly for that. There's you can't see that anywhere, and so you say it's a fixed amount, but maybe it's a maybe it's a percentage, but it just coincidentally is the same as what you were trying to test. So anyway, so I, I saw a few comments like that from people and I was like, hmm, yeah, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I was sort of mulling it over. Um, and then, as I said in the video, there was like a couple of things that made me wonder. Um, I mean, if you guys watch the, the video, then obviously it's going to be a bit of a rehash of that, of what I'm going to say. But the Zero Recall ADAR, there was a video that came out which showed that if you, there was a, there was a bug basically, so you could add two stocks at once and the, the ADAR went to Zero Recall and that, gun had actually not recoil but that was before 1212 so you know back in the day zero zero did mean zero and then using the really low recoil guns like the akm that you can get down to 44 recoil using us ammo then that should take it down to 14 recoil or something but it doesn't mm. feel like that when you use it and this these things kind of made me think about it and then there have been some videos from the interesting side of the tarkov community <laughs> Um, which we've talked about before about like hidden stats and that kind of thing. And there, are, there's a, there is, there is some discussion on some of those videos about round recoil and showing that if you use some black magic on the Tarkov client, then and you're and you're playing it in the you know one of the SP Tarkov type versions, then you can see that it's a percentage of some form because of the way that they because of the way they did it. But the problem with that is that it's you can't really verify that unless you're doing that kind of thing yourself. Plus, who really knows what's going on when you make the values like stupid numbers? So, uh, yeah, it's really it's really hard to know, it's, right? So, like all right. these things were coming together, and I was like, I feel like there's something else going on, but there's too many disparate pieces of information for me to really come to some kind of like sensible conclusion to allow me to make something other than being like, I'm not sure if the first video is 100% correct. I don't really know why. And I don't really know what the outcome is. Like you can't, like it's just you can't make a piece of content like that. It's just you, it doesn't it doesn't package properly. So I've been like mulling this over this video for ages. <laughs> Actually, it's been like weeks that mm. I've been thinking about it. Um, and finally, somebody came to me in one of the comments on the original video and said, "Hey, we've been looking at the the AKM, but with like no stock even, and we did some testing there, and it looks like it's a percentage." I was like, okay, well, this this at least gives me something to start with. So I've been messing around with some like super, super low recoil 7.62 AK builds as well. So I was like, fine, we'll do both and we'll see what happens. And I was like, if I'm wrong about the percentage thing, then it's going to be really obvious when I when I do it with, rather than doing it with 80 and 90 recoil like I did in the original test, I'll do it with US ammo, which is 30% or 30 absolute reduction, which is even more than 7 and 40. And we'll use guns that are, you know, really low, like 50, 50 recoil, which so it should be should be clear then. And um, I did the first test with the low, you know, it was like one was 62, I think, and the other's like 50, whatever. I, I can't remember now exactly the exact numbers. And a 37 recoil AKM N as like the base. And uh, yeah, the percentage thing doesn't work. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, okay, well, maybe, like, maybe it is right then. Maybe it is right. But then when you do it with the 189 recoil AKMs mm-hmm. without stock and the highest recoil that you can, the percentage thing does seem to work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, this is just like, I don't even know what's happening now. Um, and yeah, you know, I go through the whole logic in the video about why I think I've come to the conclusion that I've come to, but more black magic in in the background about the, the plus 20 potential recall. I think we spoke about this before on, on the cast that potentially all the guns had a plus 20 recall 
um, increase, which is how maybe BSG changed the recoil in the system behind the scenes without changing any of the stats in game. Because like nothing changed in game, right? If you look at the stock M4 yeah. in 12.11, has the same stats as in 12.12, the recoil pattern is clearly different. So something in the background has changed. So whether they just changed like the floor of the recoil from zero to like minus 20 or something. Right. Or is... they completely changed the equation is another Some, possibility yeah, so, something like that right. but what people have said is that it's about it's like tw- a plus 20 recall which it sort of makes sense to me right and when you think about that it kind of makes sense because what that would have done is for something like the m4 that used to get down to stupid recall amounts that would make that gun feel trash because if you added so you know if a gun was like the like the mark 18 like the 338 lapua thing that's got really high recoil anyway. So something's got 140 recoil. Unlike the RFB, right? The RFB has been like a, a, a winner of this of this patch. It's already got 120 recoil. So if you add 20 in the background, Pers- that gets to 140. Mm. Will people really notice? That's probably, what, a 16% increase or something? Right. Whereas for the M4, if you could get the M4 to 35 recoil, mm-hmm. the meta build, and now it's mm-hmm. 55 recoil, that's enormous. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes sense. Like, it, it, I can see that. It, it seems logical. And then, interestingly, when I tried to apply that logic to the test that we were seeing, and you make a, rather than making a 37 recoil weapon and a, and a weapon that has, I guess, 30% more recoil than that, what you do is you make one that, yeah, you kind of have to, like, you know, go around the houses a little bit. So you say, well, th- a 37 recoil weapon actually means 57. Um, and then, but to get that, to get 57 recoil in the sort of behind the scenes model, then you need to use this recoil weapon in game. And I think it's like 66 or something. And then when you compare it all through, then there's basically this like fixed amount of 20 in there that floats around and changes the calculation slightly. And when I did that, it worked. So I was like, well, maybe that's it then. Maybe it's, maybe it is a percentage, but the fixed amount kind of messes things up. So if you have a weapon that is 50 recoil, then behind the scenes, it's actually 70 recoil and it reduces 30% based on the 70 recoil. Um, and then that would make it reduced by like 21 or something rather than 30. Because the, the point is, is that if you have a 37 recoil AKM and you add US rounds in it, the recoil clearly isn't seven or it doesn't feel like it's seven to me. It's it's something else. So I think there's, I, I don't know, it's, who, who really knows? Like, I don't know whether this, that's why I said it's a tentative conclusion. I'm not sure and I'm not doing any more work on it because I'm kind of fed up of it and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Without do without like going down the yeah the the dark side, there's not any way to really find <laughs> out anymore. And also, who cares? <laughs> like it's I think we've got to the point. I've got I've got to the point with myself where it's like for all practical purposes, I kind of know where it's at. It seems the models that I have seems to work. And this is the thing that I actually was going to put in the video, but but I didn't. Which was a a great science phrase, which is all models are wrong. Some are useful. And that's exactly like the, that. the case in this in this case, right? So it may not be exactly what's happening, but it's a useful indication of pretty much how it, it feels like it would work. So that's where I've come to anyway, because then a 37 recoil AKM would go down to 20 or so, um, and it doesn't end up getting down to like a silly, silly amount of recoil, and it gives you some kind of way of like thinking about it in your head. So yeah, long story short, if you want a better explanation, watch the video because it's much more succinct than my my ramblings. But I don't know. I think it was important to go through the thought process because part of why it took me a while to, to do it is because the first video went everywhere. Like it was it's one of the most popular videos I did this year. You say it went everywhere. You mean like the topics you covered or just as in like a ton of people watched it and a gotcha. ton of people reference it all over the place. Yeah. And then when I was like, 
it might not be right. That's a really hard <laughs> thing to, to deal with. Yeah. Honestly, that's really not that easy to deal with. And I was like, how do I like, I don't want to right say the wrongs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't want to say nothing. Mm-hmm. I want the chance to kind of explain why I came to the conclusions that I did and kind of, um, I don't know, try to figure out like where the process, because this is the thing, right? Like you do the test and if I'd done the test straight off USMO, I would also have come to the same conclusion that it was a fixed amount because it looks like that for all intents and purposes. If you're using weapons with kind of 50, 60, 70 recoil, it it actually looks the same. It's it's almost like the the differences are so small that you wouldn't actually be able to, to tell. All it does really is it changes the, really really high recoil end which doesn't matter because no one uses those guns and you're not really thinking about ps versus us if you're using an akm with no stock right like it doesn't it's just nobody does that so it's just silly and the only other place that it changes it is if you're using hyper low recoil builds it stops them from becoming zero recoil that's really the only difference so qualitatively it's it's kind of fine to think about it like that um, but to know that it doesn't have necessarily a, that much effect down at the down at the bottom end so yeah it was just like how how do you how exactly do you deal with that like how to make something that feels like it builds on the previous work rather than just being like you know Mm -hmm. something's wrong but i don't know what you know like it's something you do do something useful about it um after yeah i don't know because it's it's that thing it's like you know i don't owe anybody anything with my content but like it's not nice to feel like a ton of people are like referencing your work and like it's not necessarily correct right that's not necessarily a great feeling yeah so i wanted to yeah i wanted to do it in the in a right in the right way that made me feel like i'd kind of like done my due diligence as to the positive you know, and it was constructive criticism that i received before on it so that's that's completely fine like people nobody was was horrible about it or anything but it's mm-hmm. um yeah it's just one of those things it's like sometimes you come to some conclusions and there's maybe gaps in the methodology or whatever and that's just the way it is so yeah so i think like yeah i think broadly you Broadly, people can look at those numbers, as we always thought with with the fixed amount. I think that's fine. But behind the scenes, there's like more complicated stuff going on. It's almost it almost made me wish that I could go back and redo it in twelve eleven just to see whether it made sense then without this like fixed amount thing floating around because that really complicated stuff. Like if if we'd been able to do it before those changes, that maybe would have led us to certain conclusions. And then we'd say, okay, well now this has been added. This has now changed it in this way. And you could kind of compare and contrast the two Whereas, but just looking at 12, 12 in a vacuum where everything seems to be a bit mixed up, it made it a bit more complicated as well. So yeah, it was an interesting one. I've been battling with it for a while, but I wanted to try to come to a, some kind of sensible conclusion. I think, you know, without, I didn't test it in for lots of different guns or anything like that, but it seems sure. to be, it seems to be, you know, a sensible place. I think. I also do believe that it's important again to sort of appreciate the context of like where this is useful and where it isn't. Because for the MP7, it doesn't really matter because if you you just use the gun and you feel the recoil, and there's so much about like to the the individual shot recoil, which is its own thing. But we all, we, you know, we now know that there's other there's convergence stats and things where the gun's pulling back to the center and that kind of thing, which affects like the the full auto recoil. So you just kind of have to use the guns and feel the feel how they feel how they actually are and how they perform. And because for things like the MP7 and the P90, you can't really mod the guns at all. <clears throat> so you can't. You're not. It's not like you're deciding. Oh well, I might use 
I might use this set of mods rather than using the, this ammo. And it's there's only a few guns where it actually matters like that, like the AKs, where you can mod them to all sorts of different recoil levels, all the way from you know 130 or whatever when they start, all the way down to 37. So there's very, very few cases that you can actually even do it to the granularity in which, firstly, the testing is possible, but secondly, that it actually makes any practical difference, mm -hmm. um, which is why I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. And you just use it and you understand these buffs, kind of roughly know how much they're going to remove. But at some point it becomes more art than science. <laughs> more art than science. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I just appreciate the fact that you did the video because I think it's, that's just kind of how these things works is like, you're trying to basically deconstruct the game into the code, like the equation they use, and you don't, and you have so little information. Like they give yeah. you some abstract, you know, information, right? But you have such little information. So you essentially just have to start plugging in numbers and, and just seeing what could possibly make sense. And I think for your, in your case, unfortunately, the guns were so close to a hundred that you know if it was a if the theory oh you know you're a flat <laughs> you're a flat ammo reduction theorist then compared to the you know oh I'm a percentage theorist they're like so similar right because um, twenty percent of a hundred is eighty and twenty subtracted or a hundred subtracted from twenty is eighty so yeah you can see the issue exactly. there. And it kind of reminds me of my, my video I did on this subject way back in the day. And I'm really sad I don't have that video. So I, I deleted it, and now I remember why. is because, A, it was really bad. B, it got copyright claimed. Because one oh. of the tracks I used was a remix of a song. But it mm. was, like, just enough of that song that it got picked up by Content ID. And I didn't know anything about that stuff at the time. So I was like, oh, this is bad. So anyways. Um, but yeah, when I was doing it, uh, I introduced so many variables that were not necessarily like I full autoed the guns, which meant I was introducing the convergence stat, uh, the dispersion stat in the game. Because again, I mean, it just says minus 20. Is that horizontal? Is that vertical recoil? Is that some other like thing within the equation, yeah. like an uh, exponential gain? Like, like, you know, does it affect the auto? Like, there's so many possibilities. You just don't know. So it's like really difficult to come up with a reason like as close as you can to the truth because i don't think you're ever gonna get maybe maybe you could get the truth from you would have to like go to really basically recreate the game i, I don't know it, it would just it would be so insane right so yeah i can i can appreciate that aspect of um you know doing this your tarkov science if you will you're being a good tarkov scientist yeah, that's the thing. I think it's to be, yeah, being a good scientist means that you need to change your view of the world when mm -hmm. the facts, or when somebody comes to you with the opposite, you know, something that seems to counter the claim that you've made in the first place and to be humble and to just accept that and then do some more tests and just see what, see what the reality is. That's right. just the way it is, right? You just like, there's no, yeah. there's, there's no two ways around the truth of things. And if there's, if there's something that's, that's wrong or whatever, then there's no shame in that, right? It's like that's yeah. how that's how that's how progress 
happens because people make theories and they test stuff, they think it's right, but then there's, yeah, as I said, the flaw in the methodology or there's something else that's going on. But yeah, coincidentally, there's two, you know, you end up testing the same thing that means that two situations are indistinguishable. Um, mm -hmm. Not that I actually tested it anyway, but like if there was a big difference, you probably would have seen it somewhere, right? But because they were in the same ballpark, you just, it was identical um, pretty much. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, so you just, you just have to just go with it and, and say, fine, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's like, well, maybe it's like wrong is the wrong word. It's just like inaccurate, right? It's like, the model seems to be seem to be good, but it doesn't work in this scenario. In this scenario, it's like a, it's like a lot of science. It's like oh, you know, we've got a we've got Newton's physics, right? Which that that works in everyday life, but you get down really really small, it stops working. Like okay, it doesn't mean that it's like is is the model? Yeah, as I said, all models are wrong. Right? Yeah, but <laughs> Newton's laws are really useful. Mm -hmm. um, they're just not mm -hmm. they're not just not useful when you're talking about atoms. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like there's, it's a, it's a bit more of that. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, Broad, broadly speaking, it's a good enough approximation, except for in the extreme circumstances, when you have extremely low recoil or extremely high recoil, the, the relationship starts to break down there. But as a, as a rule of thumb, it's, it's kind of approximately right. It's approximately right. It's actually, most of the time I was thinking about this, it's, most of the time it's probably slight, it's probably slightly less than you'd think. If you just like shaved a bit off, it's probably about mm -hmm. that. So if you, you know, if it says like minus 30, probably like minus 20. 25 minus 22 25 is probably about right you probably just shave off i don't know a fifth or something shave off like 20 percent of it something like that because it depends on the recall of the weapons you're using you know from my from the experiences that i had so far and the semi-conclusion i've had about the formula it's like well as long as your recall plus 20 is under 100 it'll be less than that so because if, if your recall plus 20 is 100 then it will be what it says on the tin i think um mm. so so at 80 recoil you go, okay, well, plus the 20, that gets you to 100. You apply right. the thing to 100, that gets you exactly what it says on the doodad, right? So it's like 30% on 100 gets you 30 fixed yeah. points. <laughs> so if you're at 50 recall, then it's applying on 70. So you end up with 30% less than you'd think um, in terms of that. So that's why it would take you from 30 to, to 21 or whatever. So yeah, just like shave a bit off in your head and that gets you to sort <laughs> you of the right like... ballpark. Tar you need like Tarkov menu recoil and an absolute recoil. <laughs> it's like the new... <laughs> labels dude that's hilarious my heart did sink a bit when i was watching the video i saw you were testing the ak's on the wall and i was like okay he's gonna go to the extreme because you know i saw an AK, like an ak of no stock he's gonna do the extreme to sort of see you know how greatly does it matter and um you know you shot the, the regular ak and you switched to the scav ak and you ads and i was like oh god he has no rear sight he's he's gonna miss the mark because he's because you know how they go up the bullet goes up a little bit higher so then yeah. the next you know cut comes in and, and the bullets are right underneath the line i was like oh thank god i was like hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe he spliced in a, a fake edit there you know con what's the word conjure the the evidence mm. i'm just kidding yeah course. yeah unless no, it was, it was... <laughs> No, no, it was. Uh, I did. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. Actually, I didn't even think about that. I was like, as long as the bullets are going in the right place, roughly, and I use the same sort of reference, then it'll be it'll be comparable. And even if they're like slightly higher yeah. or whatever, like the bars that I used, I just used the same. I was like, oh well, I, just in the post edit, I'm just going to keep the same height thing and just mm -hmm. move it across. So even if it's slightly different height, it's fine. It'd be okay. <laughs> Sorry, you got to do it. You got to do another video, Giga. The the, the methodology the wasn't good enough, dude. Sorry. Dude, my heart did actually sink when I realized I'd used an AKMN and then I'd used two AKs afterwards. I was like, no, someone's going to be like, well, actually. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to redo all of that. Like, <laughs> Oh, dude, that's funny. 
Yep. Yep, yep, a... yep. So yeah. No, it's been yeah. It's just it's it's been it's been an interesting one to deal with. I've I've not not had that kind of thing before. Um mm-hmm. it's just like it was just it was just awkward because so many people have been like, no, it's a fixed amount. Like, watch this video here, and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> That's really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can understand for sure. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully people see through to, you know, the, the, the good intentions, mm-hmm. which is what this video is really about. Cause I wanted to make it so bad, but just didn't know how. So we're here and we finally did it. And I was like, well, I was very pleased actually. It's really lifted a, I don't know. It's funny. Like maybe I just care too much, but it's really lifted a weight off my shoulders of me, like knowing that I've got this like outstanding thing that's like potentially misleading people i'm just like dude this sucks but like i can't just be like oh this is wrong by the way ignore this video because there's, no, there's not even any way you can do that on youtube actually it's like when like i've got a couple of videos of like oh the lowest recall video uh, the lowest sorry the low, lowest recall weapon in tarkov yeah and there's one that's got like the mc the um mp5 the mpx back from whenever mm-hmm. and People still watching, they're just like, oh, well, actually, and I'm just like, dude, how many, like, I put it in the description, it's in the pinned comment, like, how, how yeah. like, please just go and watch this, this is the, the latest one, is the real one, oh, because annotations just don't exist anymore on YouTube, and so there's not really any way to, like, post-edit stuff, it's actually a right. real shame, it's one of yeah. the big things, I think, that's missing from YouTube, the ability to say, this was wrong, or that was changed, or look here to see something different, like, I think people abused the annotation system, so they got rid of it, but um, it's a shame that's not there because it means that stuff stands on YouTube forever and it might be the most popular variety. You know, after if you make another video with lowest recall, oh, now it's changed for patch 1212, 12, that might not do as well. And so you end up with people continuously watching the first one. Um, actually, that one was weird because that one went through a strange spike at one point, this um, the MPX one. And I had like people coming in being like, I don't think this is right. And I was just like, please go and watch the, the one about the vector. Everyone was just like, the vector would like a word video. I'm like, I know, dude, I've already made a video about it. Like, I've really got like, I don't know, you just got pushed by the algorithm for some reason. I was like, YouTube, come on, like, give me a break, right? Like, there's yeah. like, there's, there's, you're smart enough to figure out that it's, if someone says update video here, that, yeah. They're probably like, there's probably an interest in like low recoil bills to swipe. And so YouTube's like, ah, I know just the video for you. Yeah. And then they see the thumbnail and it's like, no way that's right. Yeah. I gotta investigate. You're wrong, Mr. YouTuber. Yeah, exactly. It's How like, did you algorithm is... I was like, yeah. oh, there's a lot of engagement. This is great. Let's keep pushing it. And Giga's <laughs> like, no, stop, please. Yeah. Yeah, because then people are commenting as well. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably something to do with that too. People are watching it and they're like commenting, just like, oh no, this is wrong. And the YouTube's like, wow, people are really engaging really strongly with this video. Push, 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 let's go. Oh my goodness. That's actually uh, probably what's happening. I never actually thought about that, but it is hilarious. It is hilarious. It is hilarious. Oh, boy. Well, oh, another video in the books. More interesting YouTube comments to come. And the cycle continues. Speaking of the cycle. <laughs> so how much of the cycle have you played? How much of the cycle have you played? We talked about it before. For those of you who are not up to speed on, on yeah, the cycle, true. it was what was it called before? I think it was just called the what was it called the cycle? I think it was just called the cycle. Or was it just called the cycle? I think. Yeah, I don't know. And it was some kind of arena shootery sort of battle royale thing. I never played yeah. it. Some people seem to really like it, but it didn't mm-hmm. do that well. They've reinvented themselves as Tarkov Light with some different mechanics. It feels like 
It looks, it, it, to me, it looks, when people say it looks like Fortnite, I think it looks more like Apex, personally. It's got very much a similar art yeah. style to Apex, I think. Well, you know what? I think the Fortnite thing I can kind of see with, like, the character models. I saw yeah. a screenshot or something somewhere, and, oh, I think it was X, one of x and Ghost's um, YouTube videos about the cycle, and he had, like, a screenshot on the character's face, and the character, like, just the artistic way they drew the faces, like, he just looked like you ever seen that Mr. Incredible meme where, you know, he's like smiling? I think it's like Mr. Incredible Despair, Mr. Incredible, what's the other word? Uh, anyways, uncanny, I think is, is what it is. But he's like smiling, he like slowly gets like darker and more distorted. Oh, yeah. And like, so, yeah, yeah. He's like, he kind of had like that look onto him, like he just like thousand yard stare. But um, anyways, I, I kind of see what people, I think that's what they might mean when they say that because i do kind of see a similar um sort of like how it's drawn the sizing of the body parts and the facial structure i can kind of see the resemblance to fortnite but as far as like the world itself i absolutely yeah color palette and design wise it's more apexy for me anyways yeah yeah which is it's, I, I quite like that you know sort of mm -hmm. Well, it's like outdoor landscape, but then like combined with like industrial kind of feeling, which is very Apex yeah. style. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. Good point. But, but yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, Tarkov light, I suppose. But it's got you know, it's, it's Tarkov inspired. You go in, if you die, then you lose all your stuff. But there are differences, which I don't think are necessarily. I think this is what the cycle is interesting for, is because there's parallels. Yeah. I mean, we did a whole cast about this ages ago, where we both were super hyped about it, and. Mm -hmm. One of the best parts is that you get in in five seconds. Super, super good to not have to wait in any queues or anything because the world is just best open part. permanently. And I honestly don't think, I think when we talked about this last time, I really don't think Tarkov would be disadvantaged that much by having a system of in the same ilk. Like it wouldn't necessarily need to be as it is. You wouldn't need to show people entering or anything like that. But to have an open map where with loot regeneration, and people seem to kind of have a problem with it in the community, I think, about turning they say oh you're turning dark off into daisy and it's like well I, the existing system i don't really like so if it turns towards one of the better parts of daisy then i don't really mind you know people always say what are you going to do about the the loot and, and that kind of things and given that we go in and we raid the same rooms in shoreline over and over and over again i don't really see how it's any more or less immersion breaking than than that than having loot that respawns but you don't know when and you go to a room and it may have respawned it may not have you don't really know. I feel like that's okay. I, I don't know. I'm personally okay with it. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to, like, talk to some of these people because I, you know, it could be that they just prefer one system or the other. Um, abstract of any, like, yeah, that, that's, like, one thing. And then the other thing could be, like, they like the consistency factor of it. You know, it's like, if I spawn here, then not even not, not even spawn base but just the fact that the loot's always gonna be there like the spots you can learn the spots you can master spots you know it becomes like very uh yeah i don't know that's that's an, like what's the room on um east wing shoreline 216 i want to say there's like the cabinet that has like something usually spawns there and then now in this slate wipe there's or this new patch there's like spawns on the floor and like the bed and, you know, they can have light X's and LEDs, or, or not LEDs, but um, ophthalmoscopes or just regular meds, painkillers, you know, pile of meds, whatever. But 
you know, if you didn't have that consistency, like, oh, you open it, like, maybe something's there, maybe something's not, like, you know, I'd, like, that's what I wonder is if that's sort of their issues that it makes things less predictable, less consistent, or if it's just purely like, I just don't like, I just prefer this system that we have now over, you know, something yeah. else. I don't that, know. That's the thing. I, I feel like it's people who are resistant to change and don't like the way that the game's going, even though it's in line with what BSG have said they're going to do. That's that's my mm -hmm. personal feeling about it, because I, I think it's the same set of people that didn't really like dynamic loot. And yeah, there were some issues, right? But they didn't like the whole concept of dynamic loot, because I feel that the system we have in Tarkov now is actually very much more like a battle royale than anything else. You go into that raid, that mm -hmm. raid instance starts, and then all the rooms are fully stocked in whatever form that's going to be. And you unlock the rooms and then it's gone and then you leave and then it all restarts again. You go back into another raid where I don't think Tarkov should be like that. I do think it should be more like Daisy personally, <laughs> where you don't know when the stuff's going to be respawning. You don't know if it's going to already have been hit five minutes ago. You don't know where people are spawning. And I don't think anybody would disagree that the spawns are a bit of a problem in, in EFT, but this kind of comes with it for free. If you then have open maps with loot respawns. I mean, I don't even mind doors locking behind themselves after not being hit for a certain amount of time and things like that, because there are certain mechanics that you just need to kind of recycle the loot into the rooms because it's that's a, an arbitrary and artificial mechanic anyway to have having to continuously refill a abandoned wasteland of a, mm -hmm. yeah. of a map with more <laughs> right. stuff right you get right. how many times can you go into idea and hit it up for herring you know it's like it mm -hmm. doesn't really make any sense after day two in the wipe the whole thing should be empty so it's it is a stupid thing anyway so it's a gaming mm -hmm. mechanic anyway so it's it's fine i don't mind it being tweaked so that the the player gets a better experience out of that and i kind of like the, the wider variability I think the, mm -hmm. the biggest impact is on the spawns. But yeah, I mean, so so the cycle's got that in it, which is an interesting test. It's good because there's not that many good games that are out that are that mirror Tarkov in that respect. So it almost gives the player base ideas of things to then suggest in, like, okay, well, how is this, like, tangentially useful for EFT? You know, you don't necessarily want the same system, but it gives you some ideas of testing it out in a different environment so that you can say, hey, this was working here really well. This might work in this particular way in, in Tarkov. So, so that's, let's try it or at least give, give the team, give the team an idea. I mean, I, I've not played like too much yet. I played a bit. It doesn't seem that different to the last time. That was um, my There's some impression. stuff in the progression. Yeah. There's some progression items, like the way that the traders unlock different weapons and things seems to be a bit different to how it was. And so far I've stumbled upon more dynamic map elements than I had done before. I don't know if you had the same thing. There's like a, a few so, rooms, keys, places that I, that seem to be spawning differently depending on when you. I know there's there's some kind of procedural generation of certain areas. It seems this time, which mm. wasn't the case before, as far as I was aware. Well, I've only played one game, so that's. <laughs> I, I got in and I, I wanted to look at the hideout, the quarters or whatever they call it, and. The crafting stuff and the different traders but a lot of it was locked like you actually couldn't see it unless you did the essentially tutorial you know golden pocket watch version mm -hmm. of of their game and i was like oh do i really want to like just sit here and grind out a couple of hours and just to see what they changed like you know like not really but i only played one game and it didn't feel like a lot changed which i was actually kind of surprised like i was i was expecting them to test out their monetization model. That's what I was really interested in. I thought they were going to have 
um, either like a test where, which I think they do technically, but they give you like free currency and then you can like, you know, basically like, I think they laid it out like the battle pass is going to exist in the full game for release, but that's not here. But I thought they were going to have like a mock version, like, oh, you know, here's day one of your battle pass. Here's some, some premium currency you can now use. I thought they were going to do more of that stuff because that's, that's the more interesting topic for me, but um, they yeah they I saw they had like a new insurance system which is and they even changed the, the old one you could say um yeah I don't know what so let me try to think how to where to go because there's so many diverging I I think this is an interesting thing to talk about because it is derived from tarkov you know it is a mirror of tarkov we i don't think there's any other game out there um minus like some mobile clones and again we would yeah i would say those are like clones you know it's like they didn't really do anything too different perhaps like it's just like in a one almost a one-to-one right um whereas this you know they're they're they have a lot of the same foundational stuff but they done a lot of things different like the the how the raid system works how insurance works um you know the i guess the the landscape's different the pve's different um gosh i'm not i'm not even sure like how many how many things differ and, and how many things are like the exact same but so that stuff's really interesting to me because it's like as you said what what could tarkov learn or you know and i don't mean learn like hey let's do what they're doing i mean learn like oh let's that's an interesting idea what can we do with that or that's a terrible idea. God, why would they do that? You know, let's stay five feet. You know, don't don't come near to that. You know, so things like that I like. Um, that being said, what did you want to talk about next? <laughs> the cycle? I don't know. I got I got a different place I want to go, but I don't know. With with the cycle, yeah, yeah. So I think the so I I did actually do those those basic quests. And, okay, and, um, cool. And went through and had a quick look. So the as far as I could tell, the hideout, the stash hadn't changed really at all. Hmm. You do get some premium currency. So the only thing that I could really see to do with it is to speed up researching things and to speed up crafting, which is kind of interesting because it means that, you know, there's quite a lot of restrictions around some of the good items and how long they take to make. And if you can boost through and speed up creating those things then that makes it i don't know it depends on how that how it's done it depends on how expensive it is to do and whether that just means that people can supply themselves with infinite good gear if they have the premium currency i'm so, not sure you can generate the premium currency in the hideout as well but only small amounts yeah that's interesting so let me sort of like picture this so you have you know we'll just use tarkov as an analogy so imagine in tarkov you could craft you know Okay, yeah, craft BP or craft a slick, we'll say. Yeah. Um, but it takes a really long time. However, you can buy this premium currency or you could, you know, exchange bitcoins to to speed it up or does it instantly get you the item? I didn't actually do it, so I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. I need to go and so, actually see exactly whether it does does it instantly or, or speeds it up a lot. Well, either way, it doesn't really matter too much, but that's sort of, that's interesting because you're sort of, associating you know spend the money with convenience could you say or would you say yeah i mean 
It depends. This is, is the it? thing. It depends on what you mean by yeah. This is the thing. It's like it, it borderlines on on this convenience because if you use the Tarkov analogy and you say, let's just say for example that Prapol doesn't sell BP for whatever reason. Or to be fair, even even with Prapol selling BP, you know, you've only got so much per reset, and if you have to craft the rest of it, then paying to get a quicker crafting cycle does that break the RPGness of the game? Does it break the scarcity? Does that mean that you're then you're paying for access to stuff that other people don't have because of the enforced scarcity within the game. Well, you yeah, don't. I, I feel like it's not that you don't have access. Line. You have the access. You do, but only to certain amounts. And this is the thing in the cycle that you you have access to this stuff. It's actually even worse in the cycle, to be honest, because you don't really have access to anything, and so you have to craft everything. And you can only craft. I think you can only craft one thing at once, and so you're you're really yeah. gated on what you can do and what you can okay. make. Okay. And so I think it's actually worse for that because, yeah, in, in Tarkov, it's like, well, you have all your traders, you have all the resets on those traders, there's all the barters that go with it. There's then the hideout and you can make something in this module and something in this module and something in this module. Whereas in the cycle, I think it might be like, yeah, you need to sit there and wait 30 minutes and that's going to give you your bag. But if you can speed that up, then you might be able to make the bag and the weapon and the armor and stuff and then go in. And that'll give you a massive advantage. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It depends. This is just That's kind of just like my early feeling that maybe... Maybe it would be would be like that, but ultimately you can get that those that gear without um, without paying. So yes, but you would have to wait much longer. Like let's say it speeds it up by a thousand. You know, it goes from thirty minutes to three minutes. Yeah, and you know that's yeah. I don't know. That's and it's interesting because if you do a craft, you're given up every other craft like you're locked into that craft you know it's like doing yeah, a single craft exactly. in a workstation um that's interesting yeah yeah exactly so you end up with like the good players who keep their gear and don't die they'll they'll have the gear and then you have other people who are paying to speed through the, the crafts who potentially also have it i mean i guess in some ways you could say well well there's going to be more distribution of if you're if you're good you'll be able to kill these people because they haven't got they haven't got the gear from being good they got the gear from just paying so they'll actually be more geared people who aren't cracked <laughs> At the game, and then maybe you can take that stuff. I don't know. Maybe there's that argument. Yeah, and because uh, I'm, I see parallels with EOD. It's just different, right? Like, uh, the stash space, for example, that's like a big convenience thing, right? Yeah. Um. However, it is on standard account. Let me pull up my sheet. It is. To go from level one stash to level four stash and just the rubles cost alone is 38 million rubles. And I don't believe that includes the cost of, it definitely doesn't include the cost of the parts, like the Mm -hmm. items you need and all the trees of workstations you need beneath that. So that's just the flat, you know, money that, that, it's required for each station. And then if you factor in the, the trader money you need to spend to level up the traders for all those other subsequent stations, that's an additional 7 million. Plus the rep required to do those tasks. Now, mind you, with EOD, you get bonus rep. So that's part, you know, you again, you could say it's convenience, whatever. Um, but the other thing that's interesting is you could make the argument well i'm going to upgrade the hideout regardless so it doesn't really matter you know the the whole um 
you know what I mean? Like if I'm, yeah, right. I, I do. I, I do think, cause people say, is it pay to win? Is it pay for convenience? I think it's, I don't know. It's a gray area. Honestly, I, I do think it is pay to win in, in some extent. It definitely is pay to win in, to some extent. If you said to somebody, it's just, like, it's, just, it's just watered down. This is the thing. Yeah, it's pay for an, yeah, and it's, it's pay for an advantage because it doesn't affect your, you don't, you're not buying premium rounds or anything like that. But in the same vein, you're going to be better kitted than people who don't have it because you can store more stuff. You can save more things for the flea market. You don't have to spend the money on the upgrades instead. And you've had that stash space since the beginning, which is, which is a big advantage. So you're going to be better equipped to other people, which means that you're more likely to win a gunfight because the other person had to spend more money on other stuff or couldn't keep all the things to have that money to have the same gear as you. That's the main argument then. It's it's you know, if you say, well, I'm gonna upgrade the hideout anyway, it's like fine, well I'm I'm probably gonna get to level forty and or forty two and have max traders by the end of the wipe. So I'm just gonna pay twenty bucks and have that now, right? And like if you had that at the beginning of the wipe, you kill everyone and it that's that would definitely be pay to win. So I feel like I feel like it is pay to win, but it's right at the low end of the scale. <laughs> yeah. So there's graduations, I think. What's really interesting is that the way Tarkov did their monetization is like you can you can pay for just to play the game, right? And then there's these bonus packages. And it's all like front loaded. You know what I mean? And whereas the cycle, it's free to play, but their monetization is incremental you know it's like i yeah and it's it'd be like if they took eod and just like dilute it way down to like one percent like point one percent of what it's worth and you know had like microtransactions i don't know it's it's a weird weird thing to think about but um that's that's really what i'm interested to see because here's the other here's the other thing about why i played standard for so long versus making the switch to eod was that i actually wanted the extra intensity Mm -hmm. i wanted the extra challenge so like to me i just in my gamer brain i thought why would i pay more for less content you know now in the pragmatic practical gamer nowadays um it's it's like god why why was i wasting my time like just playing tarkov tetris for an you know hours like it just just makes way more sense you know i it's just an extra it's 70 bucks, you know what I mean? It's worth the, the time I spent playing Tarkov. It's like totally worth it to, to spend the money, right? So I wonder if, because this is kind of what this is like targeting, right? Is the pragmatic practical gamer. Like I only have X amount of days to play. I can't be bothered doing an extra five Jaeger quest or, you know, I can't be bothered playing, you know, Tarkov Tetris on my stash for an extra 30 minutes, you know? So I'm losing my train of thought, but okay. So how the cycle is doing insurance. I want to talk about insurance next is they have their normal insurance, I guess you could call. And my understanding is you pay, you pay a percentage of the cost of the item. And if you die, you get back a, percentage so it's as if you rid your net cost you could say is less less yeah but then if you survive you don't get anything and the insurance should go away i I feel like maybe it was persistent which didn't really make much sense to me but i need to check in the original in the original iteration if you survived the insurance disappeared 
like the insurance level amount or the insurance tag i suppose disappeared right in Tarkov, obviously it doesn't go away whereas in this one right. so yeah you, you ended up spending more but you didn't lose any of your stuff so you know if your kit's worth 5k and then you insure it for 2k or something mm-hmm. um if you died then you got a payout of 4k or whatever but then if you right. if you survived then that 2k that you paid just disappeared which is more like a, a real insurance i guess it's like yes. typical insurance yeah and that was like the, the regular insurance i think they changed that this time from people i've seen i'm not positive but it's actually persistent like the the works like how tarkov works like once you insure it it's insured until it gets until you die or it gets dropped however in the cycle if you try to ditch your insurance it loses you like void the insurance which is interesting i i think that's how it works am i mistaken do you know I don't, I don't know about that, but I did actually drop some stuff, but I'm not sure because it just gives you an insurance return. It did seem to me, I did notice this in the back of my mind, but didn't really pay attention to it, that I'd already insured some stuff. And when I survived, I ended up still having it insured mm-hmm. when I went in the next, the next raid, which I thought was a bit strange because then, unless you really think you're going to be swapping gear, you basically need to insure every single time because if it doesn't go away, then there's actually less decision to be made yes but that's that's the thing is like so you're yeah unless you're swapping gear then it's so unless you're like a heavy yeah i don't know like why PvP wouldn't that make guy, sense yeah. if you, or, if you think or not, maybe not even a pvp people. guy maybe if you're just like finding better gear yeah. you know because then All that, that would make sense yeah that's it mm-hmm. i don't know that's it Interesting. But usually the, other... the gear you're going in with is like relative. Well, it depends on what stage you're at. Like the gear that I've been going in with is relatively cheap, obviously, because I've only just started sure. replaying. And so you may as well just insure every single time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then there's another but then there's another insurance model, which I think is maybe what mm-hmm. you were about to say. And this is the pre so you can insure with the premium currency. And I haven't tried it yet, but I think we were saying maybe between us that that then means that if you die, you actually get the actual items back rather than the currency, which I was thinking about this a little bit extra. And in Tarkov, that is probably more important now than it used to be because previously rubles could buy you anything, didn't matter, but now there's restrictions, so you can't necessarily can't necessarily do that. But if you have the right trader levels, then it ends up being kind of the same thing because you buy the barter items to do the barters off the flea with the rubles, so whatever. Whereas in the cycle, there aren't traders in that same to that same extent, especially for armor. Um, and which is the most important thing and the thing you need to craft. So getting the item back is actually more important than getting the the currency because later right. on, if you've got a blue armor, green armor, whatever, and you just get money back, well, you can only buy white armor with the money. So at some point, the money isn't actually not really that worthwhile. Like the original Tarkov was all ruble-based. The Tarkov we have now is actually somewhere in the middle between original Tarkov with the flea, I should say, rather than actually original Tarkov with no flea. So flea mm-hmm. ma- un- unbridled flea market Tarkov and the cycle and na- Tarkov now, 1212 Tarkov is like somewhere in the center of that where most of the stuff you can buy with with money, but you need certain levels and some things you can't buy with money. You have to you have to have to craft. But I think those things are very, very small. Whereas in the cycle you have to craft pretty much everything. And that's maybe why well another reason, just jumping back to what we said before about the premium currency, why maybe it's not so much of a problem about this speeding up thing because you still need the base mats to actually make it work you need to go out and farm those materials 
to make the items. So speeding up the stuff only really works if you've got lots of materials to to go in That's with. And yeah, true. maybe you could maybe you could just churn through and farm those materials with the good armor or whatever, and then just continue to be speeding them up. Maybe, but yeah, you, you can't just make it out of thin air. You huh. can't just make it out of money. Yeah, so maybe, that's interesting. Maybe it's okay. You have to actually do some work in the game to mm. be able to spend the premium currency that you did work outside of real life. Yeah, that's interesting. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see. I mean, the the it, it's interesting because there that seems like you know the 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 in the premium insurance at first glance. I thought, oh, this is going to be for people who you know die a lot. You know, we're just unlucky, stolen in the game or bad. But then I thought about some more and I was like, well, as you said, with your, you know, Tarkov analogy, some items are banned from flea market. Like they're really the access is really hard to get. So they're like really valuable. You know what I mean? Um, like if you're level 10 and you found a slick in the stash. Yeah, it's like that's kind of a gold mine in this sense. But anyways, so ensuring that in the cycle, you know, something like a purple armor, for example, would be like with the premium currency be really valuable because um, you can't get it, but then, or it's really hard to get, but then it's like, well, they're going to take it. Cause I think they like have to not take it. Like, I don't know. It, it's, it it's such a it, weird, yeah. weird thing, but we'll see. I mean, I suspect they're going to do um, microtransactions with cosmetics. I would, and yeah, things of that nature, I would suspect, but. Which is totally sensible. I think anyone yeah, who wants absolutely. to do transactions should definitely start with that. That should be the baseline for yeah, almost everything, so. right? That's, it makes so much sense because people love to deck out their, their people with the cool stuff and you end up getting these funny things forming around like rare items that go for like silly prices and, and mm-hmm. things. It's kind of interesting to have a secondary market in, in this stuff. Yeah. Just people, people like it. People like that kind of... It's like skins for CSGO or whatever. There's, like, there's lots of... There's lots of examples of this kind of and dota is actually a great example of that dota 2 where people pay a lot of money for some of the cosmetics in the game so csgo as well yeah yeah so it's so it is interesting i might (laughs) it's quite funny like my experience so far has been going back in figuring stuff out extracting out a few raids and then i played i was just chatting with some friends online and then i played five games today and i did not extract once it was it's there's a lot of people playing who've been playing a bit more than me and Ah. um it's not easy, actually. It's much mm. much harder than when I played the other day and was having some success. It's like I'm not used to that kind of gunplay either, which is a bit of a shock. It's just like I'm just not that accurate in in that particular scenario. And yeah, it just it's it's hard when you're playing against a duo because in in Tarkov the time to kill is so low. You can kill two people if you've got a good position and you spy them before they spy you. Whereas in this, it's like you start you start firing at somebody. You don't kill them because the time to kill is a bit higher, and then you have two people turn on you and they just kill you. And I find that it's quite quite rough on solos in that respect, and especially at the start because the guns aren't that powerful. So it does make it quite tricky. So yeah, yeah. today I I really struggled actually, really really struggled. Did not I did not extract out of one one raid. <laughs> I've heard I got, they... ki- I got killed in the extract a lot as well. Really, I've heard they've done some balancing to like weapons gears even ai and things of that nature um but yeah i think so so i mean it's it's hard to tell at the moment but it seemed that the ai is for the most part weaker i think interesting um, it okay it doesn't seem quite as hardcore as it was originally it depends on the gun actually i used the 
there was the triple burst pistol that was really good in the first mm-hmm. one, and that one didn't seem to be that great actually. But then mm. um, there was the oh god, I can't remember what it's called now. Is it the scarab or something? It's like the little machine pistol thing from yeah, Corvette, the red one. Good. Yeah, and that and that yeah. one seemed oh the scrapper, sorry, and that it's one great, seemed yeah. that, that seemed really that seemed really good still. So I was using that a little bit, but the AI seems an awful lot better. It'll chase you okay. up stuff intelligently and around things. It's not quite as easy just to go behind a pillar and then you're mm-hmm. safe. Then you pop back out again and kill them. It's, it doesn't seem quite as okay, quite as stupid as it was. So they've they've improved that too. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like the, the general the general game formulation and the way it plays out seems to be very very similar. There does seem to be some more dynamic elements on the map. I went to some of the places I'd been to previously, and there was. One time there was a big cave in one section. Another time there was different differences within the buildings. There's like those signal huh. plants where you like put the data drive yeah, in. And yeah, there's like yeah, a big yeah. Power. That looked different when I went to one of them. I mean, it's interesting. Maybe it's just because I'm visiting them and they've changed it on the map. I don't know. But it seemed like there was some dynamic level going on um, with the design itself. So we'll we'll see. I'm not sure. I need to play a bit more to, to figure it out. But yeah, we'll see. It's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a fun thing anyway. I, I find it fun to play. It's good to to play something different that's tangentially related as we said mm-hmm. to get get some ideas and just it's good to have a comparison because you can think this is good in this game this is good in that game and yeah it gives it's it sparks ideas and very few people have done a tarkov style game well so i mean how much longevity yeah. it will have I, I don't really know it depends on what they do with it on release but yeah i'm, I'm definitely yeah. more curious about going forward because this kind of seemed like a safe beta test like i don't know i mean i just i suspect they're holding on to a lot of the new content stuff which makes sense for like full release um but i kind of thought they were going to test the monetization model or even test um uh i lost it but um yeah this seemed like more like a technical test because the other thing i want to mention quickly is i noticed steam was in like Steam Audio Works or something was in one of the title cards. I don't know if that was there before. I I think they might be testing Steam I, Audio. I think you might be right because I think previously it didn't seem to I don't think there was occlusion. Yeah, I don't think so either. Cuz now we're all experts on audio, right? Because we've all <laughs> watched the 3-hour lecture from Dr. Right. Veritas. So now everybody, now we all know everything about audio. So it's, you know, it's great. The target community is like super, super clued up on this stuff. But jokes aside, I, I don't think the original cycle had any occlusion. If people were inside buildings, outside buildings, above you, everyone yeah, kind of sounded the same. Yeah. yeah, you could just hear them. And you could hear the directionality, but right. I don't think the, there wasn't any drop off or anything. It, it was seemed like a very straightforward not even with a vertical in it, it seemed to be on the ground distance, you know, just a straight line distance mm-hmm. crow flies from a bird's eye. Whereas now there it's definitely different. Definitely different. Mm. I find the audio kind of weird. I've heard someone else say this. Yeah. I've found it a bit strange. Sometimes I find it difficult to figure out where the sound is coming from. I, I, it's hard. It's hard to say. I haven't seen. I haven't seen enough specific situations yet to to really know. Most of the time, sure. it seems to be all right. I find that like my player character, or I mean, maybe it's just differences between Tarkov and and the cycle. And so we've been trained to hearing things in one way, and then you switch to another game. It just feels different and throws your brain off. 
I always feel like my character is very slightly behind me, which really mm. is disconcerting, especially if I go into a building. Suddenly I'm on metal steps, but I feel like those steps are behind me. So I turn yeah, around and it's just, it's just really... me. It's just my own audio. Yeah, yeah I've, I found that like really freaky. And there's been a couple of situations where that's happened. And then there's been some times where people have been up in kind of a metal gantry and I couldn't tell because they were above me. I couldn't tell whether it was in front, in the behind section to the left or right. I was like, I was just like swinging around, like trying to figure out where it was. I just could not, I could not work it out. Hmm. Um, and then there's definitely been some cases where maybe this makes sense, but I tended to use the rivers to kind of traverse from one place to another because right, they're quite right. safe. You know, they're low lying and you're down below the, the ridge line or whatever. And there's been a couple of times now where I think somebody maybe has seen me or something and then like run up over the top and then they've just gunned me down from the side and I just haven't heard them at all, which, mm. you know, there's a wall in the way and stuff, but sure, maybe they're missing some of the, you know, sound coming from a lot, I don't know, along the top or whatever. Like you'd hear somebody if they were running up there just because of the way it reflects off the environment and stuff. But if it's doing it in a naive way, then it's, oh, well, it's blocked, so it's occluded and that's it. You just don't hear them. So there was a couple of those times when I just didn't hear anything and then just suddenly got full autoed from my you know, mm. my flank as I was like running, running through somewhere, which is kind of surprising. Mm. So, yeah, it's a bit weird. So maybe they have added it in. Um, it just like it seems like as soon as you make anything remotely complicated, this stuff is, yeah, really difficult to make, make it feel right. The grand question, though, I have for you is. Are there the equivalent of scavs yelling and then getting really quiet? Or keys being really loud and getting really quiet. Do they have that? Is that happening in the game? Uh, that would be funny, wouldn't it? Can you imagine if you yeah. had the same audio bugs? That would be hilarious. If we were like, see, it's not us, right? Yeah. Um, no, definitely not. Okay. That one is, uh, that's so, I really do find it quite funny, the scab getting louder in the distance, because I've, yeah. I've noticed that for such a long time within this yeah. match. And um, yeah, as I said, I had that first one where it was, almost like they had a megaphone out and the first part started <laughs> towards me and then they turned away and it bop, and I'd like my, you could see my mouse jump in the clip. Cause I was like, Oh my God. Cause, yeah. cause it was almost as if they were right in front of me uh -huh. and, and then they weren't. So yeah, no, look, it's, oh. it's, yeah, it, it's good. I, I need to play a bit more to figure it out. So yeah, I want to we, as well. We shall see. How long does it last? Is it a week only? I'm kind of sad. Ooh, that, it is. Is a, that is a very good point, actually. I'm not sure. I know last time they did extend it, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that again. Although that was because of all of the issues that they had. So I I don't know. I don't know exactly how long. What does it say here? It says kicking off on the 16th. I don't, does it actually say when it's going to finish? I'm just looking at the overall the overall page. Mm, I don't know. I have to I have to quickly look it up. Yeah. Um, we'll check the Discord. Is that we beat? Okay. Uh, we have. Yeah, aimed... I'm not sure. mm -mm -mm. Let's see what they're saying. April fourth. April fourth. That's the date I found. Okay. Well, that's that's okay. That gives that's pretty people, good. That's a yeah. good. Yeah, that's a good two and two weeks and a little bit from today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So nice. that's yeah, nice. Okay, fine. Well, yeah, look forward to that. If you haven't checked it out, then you may as well give it a go because it's it's free if you can. I know that anybody who was in the last one automatically got access to this one. I right. think you still have to request a key. I don't know how many are going out because this time I didn't I didn't need to, but yeah, check it out and see if you can get one. If it's worth checking out, even just for a few hours, just to try it. Just something I different. think so, and I hope that 
people found this topic tangent re tangently related interesting um i hope that's the case and i kind of want to talk about it some more because there's some other topics i'm interested in um things like rmt even and whatnot mm, but um it's interesting yeah maybe yeah we, we can revisit it definitely next time like once we both played a bit more as well yeah like, yeah it'd be cool get some more thoughts on it but i, I think it's interesting. i mean it's one of the only other games that i've played alongside like i basically only played dft so yeah it's the only yeah. other thing that's kind of drawn me in and thinking oh this is kind of intriguing so i don't know um we had a question just kind of moving on we had a question a while yeah. back about solo anxiety if if we wanted to to go through that because i think that's actually quite an interesting topic that okay yeah is i don't know it's a tough one to it's a tough one to break right it's a tough one to break um it was Dr. Murdoch who on on YouTube posted a comment and said, can you please talk about solar anxiety in a future episode? I want to get over it. I'm 1900 hours in and still sometimes I'm uncom uncomfortable running solo. Which, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot to it, I think. There's a lot to mm -hmm. it. And I would just start off by saying, I think it really depends on how you have approached the game to begin with. I don't know. Did you start playing with people right from the start did you have like a big group of people that you played with no but i found some people a little bit afterwards mm -hmm. yeah okay because i think if you're used to playing in a squad that makes it kind of worse in some ways because oh really yeah because i think playing solo there's a lot of people oh who i see what you're saying only... yeah, yeah yeah so you have a lot of people who play right. only duos <laughs> yeah. or trios okay. yeah. yeah and then when then they're very daunted to play so if they they log in and nobody's online that mm -hmm. they usually group with it can make it kind of tough i think one of the yeah i don't know I, I was gonna say something else then but i don't think that's really no that's not really relevant for this but yeah for, for me i don't know it's just it's weird for me to to discuss about it in too much detail from somebody who's come from playing duos because i only i played duos a very very long time ago and since then i've played so much solo that hopefully i you know hopefully i can remember enough about what it was like playing with other other people so i think it really depends on your your frame of reference right but playing solo the thing that i always try to advise people when they're talking about playing solo is remember the advantages and the key advantages of, of playing on your own mm -hmm. because they definitely they definitely exist you know tarkov is a, is a difficult game for communication i do think that playing as a duo probably is optimal if you're not super communicators if you're Decent at communication, the trio is probably the best. But that's that's your one of your biggest advantages when you're playing on your own is that you're up against two mans, three mans, four mans that aren't necessarily communicating very well, and they end up becoming very immobile. They're worried to shoot each other. Whereas as a solo, like the best, the biggest advantage that I think is that you just shoot at anybody that you see, and you don't have to hesitate. And there's never any kind of friend or foe. Uh, layer in the way of that decision making process you go straight from i hear a noise and i locate a person to i'm going to pre-fire their face and there's no there's no layer in the middle of like you know is that joe <laughs> mm -hmm. and that for me empowers my solo play and makes mm. me less scared because i think well i just i, I think that's the thing it's like i used to be when i first very first started playing i very much felt like prey and through 
I've, I've talked about this before is like the, the, the Punisher, the Punisher series kind of brought me out from that and taught me how to play in a more predatory way. And that's usually the way now that I approach solo in general is with an, like, it's a mindset thing. It's very much a mindset thing. It's like an aggressive mindset. So you go in thinking, ready to go, hearing sounds, we're going to kill them, right? It's like, it's very, it, it's very much on the offensive in that respect, oh. rather than more, you know, with the more teamwork approach when you're with a duo or trio or whatever. Um, it's a bit different because you're, yeah, you're trying to work with people to, to get an outcome or you're trying to accurately convey, communicate enemy positions and that kind of thing. You'd have to do any of that when you're playing solo. So you can spend your whole time just thinking about positioning yourself, not getting killed, not putting yourself in a vulnerable position um which is really yeah that's the, the the pros and cons you can shoot at anybody but because it's just you you can't cover all your angles and you need to be even more careful with your with your positioning and and, and where you are so i don't know it's it's tough it, it can be tough to break it can be tough to break but well, how much, how much like, actually how much do you play solo versus versus squads judge would you say in general um, it just depends on what's happening with me at the time. You know, there's been wipes where I've played exclusively solo. There's been wipes where I've played a bit of a mix. There's been wipes where I've played with squads all the time. So it kind of just depends. And how I interpret the question is, you know, how do I solo queue, if you will? Because I've I've definitely been in that space where... Like, I want to play Tarkov, and then you get to the screen, and then you put your gear on, and you're like, oh, I don't want to put that on. Uh, and then it's like, and you get to, like, you know, try to figure out what map you want to go. It's like, oh, I don't want to go here, I want to go here. And then you're like, hmm, do I really want to play Tarkov? You know, it's like you start <laughs> second. It's like, hmm, you know, kind of have, like, this weird anxiety type thing. Maybe and, I'll just play Scav Run first, you know, and then... Yeah, and it's like, but what's interesting is, like, usually... If I can get to the point where I press the start button, you know, whether it goes good or bad, usually I'm like ready to go again. It's like less of a thing. And that's kind of like, I know I hate, I hate giving this advice because it's so like, you just hear like a thousand times, but like just like diving in is kind of just the best way to get over it. Because you, at least for me, I find that even if I have a negative experience or a positive experience, it just, in general, lessens experience. Like, I don't know. I feel like I would, I would need to go, you know, have like, let's say I'm really anxious, I'm loading the raid, you know, I'm just staring at the screen like, God, it's taking forever to load, I want to load. I get into the raid, and I die immediately off the bat, you know, like I went labs and just like got instantly aimbotted or something, then I'd be like, okay, I was right, you know, this game's awful, why did I even bother playing? Like, I would need something that extreme, and I guess usually the extremes it's pretty rare for that type of extreme to happen and i guess that's where the anxiety is like building up like well what if you know something terrible happens and and i get you know lose all my my gear even though it's like a rat rig and a you know vapor hunter or whatever you know whatever it is you know you're just trying to your your brain's trying to like avoid you from prevent that negative experience i guess by giving you that, that anxiety like i don't know it's a weird psychological thing but once you actually do it um you find out it's not that bad you know and it really, for me at least, it's like, yeah, Tarkov's great, you know, I'm going to end up playing like a bunch of hours, but that first initial like hill to climb is like, re is actually really hard sometimes. Yeah. 
definitely can be. I, I agree with that, actually, because, yeah, I, I tend to go through some days I don't play for like two or three days because I just. Can't. Yeah, that's it's a like, big one, too. Just going on, and then I come back to it and I'm like, man, I feel really rusty. Like sometimes even even I get to the stream and it's like I haven't played for like three days. and I'm like, right, guys, I'm not feeling, you know, <laughs> I'm not feeling super hot on it. And then you get once you get into the raid, then it's like it's it's actually fine most of the time. Yeah. Um, but I find usually with that, what I do is to try and avoid any of that anxiety or anything is to run a loadout that I'm comfortable with, that I know is good value, is efficient, um, and to play somewhere that you are comfortable with, really. Somewhere that you know well. Because when you're trying to learn and, and go outside of your comfort zone, that's where you really build up the most experience, and that's, that's valuable. But if you're anxious about playing just in general, then you definitely want to keep as many of those things comfortable as you can so for me that would be I'll, I'll basically be like i don't know probably well these days it'll be like the na tactical m2 because it's the best part in the game and i love it and i talk about it every single week and then maybe the mp7 and um, a pair of gssh's now i will just rock factory because it's fast the queue's quick if you need to if you want to if you have, you, know, you get busted up and then you need to leave the exit is right there I find I find it very I, I don't know it's factory is one of those yeah. maps where when you first start playing the game it's like the most stressful map in yeah. existence everybody just like the it's loading in and when you first start playing you don't realize there's a countdown timer of people like just running down corridors with clubs waiting to find you you know mm-hmm. but once you kind of get an idea of where the seven spawns on the map are and you're a little bit more comfortable with it then you can rock in and if you have a bad result it's quick to load in you didn't take too much gear because you you took in something efficient that can still kill people that's why you have a ton of people playing shotguns and that kind of thing on on yeah you could you could quite easily take i don't even know like the revolver shotty with with a rat rig or something and it's okay you could definitely kill people that way uh there's lots of or a ketabi or whatever and there's like there's there's tons of different things you can do on factory because it's so short range you don't necessarily need all the heavy gear of a of a longer raid and i tend to prefer that to, as a warm up because you know the raid's going to be short it could potentially be a few minutes it could be 4 minutes you run in you kill somebody you take their gear and you leave whereas on customs or shoreline like yeah even customs you you know you're in there for a decent amount of time you're going to be in for 20 minutes 25 minutes 30 minutes or something and that's like my first raid i hate that raid to be you spawn in, you go through, you loot for 20 minutes, and then you get shot out of nowhere yeah, in the that's head. That's a good and point. That's your first raid. That sucks. That actually really, really sucks. Because it also usually makes you jump scare like crazy too. Because if there's been like no shooting and you suddenly die and it's the first raid and you're not ready for it, that's like, oh, and it feels bad. It feels really bad. Whereas on Factory, like, you know, you know you're about to be shot. So you're kind of, you're already ready for it and you can play aggressive. And even if you die, then yeah, okay, whatever, play another one. And you can, you can actually crack through a few of them. And some of you're using cheap kits and you don't lose too much money and you can always play a scab run and get some extra cash if you need to. But that's that's the thing for me. It's like trying to keep those things consistent. But it's it's interesting, the difference between that and then actively trying to improve. So you say, oh, well, I want to learn a new map. It's like, okay, fine. Well, I'll use the gear set that I'm comfortable with, but I'll go to a map that I'm not comfortable with. Or it's like, oh, I want to use this new gun. Okay, fine. Well, I'll use the new weapon and with the new attachments or something I'm not comfortable with, but I'll go to the map that I'm comfortable with. Like if trying to change too much stuff all at once means that you're going to die. You know, if I use a, a, a weapon that I'm not comfortable with, with a gear set I'm not comfortable with, and then I play interchange, I'm just going to instantly die as soon as I meet anybody, pretty much. So it's it's kind of funny. It's about like keeping control of those variables, I suppose, and trying to make sure that you're comfortable enough, especially when, you get, when, when you're easing into the game, you know? And I think that's important for 
general progress as well. You don't want to try and change too much. You want to improve one thing at a time. Like I always, I always try, I actually haven't been doing this recently and I really should get back to it, which is actively trying to improve an individual thing and just be focusing on that one thing and mm-hmm. be like, well, look, if, if something else goes wrong, then fine, I'll put it on the list and I'll get better at that another time. But you want to get better at one thing individually until it becomes, that thing becomes muscle memory and then you move on to the next one, mm-hmm. you know? That's usually the way that I approach general progression. I have stopped doing that a little bit. So I, I, should, I should go back and, and start doing that again. Because at one point I was doing pre-firing and the next one was you know, using grenades at the right time and, and this kind of thing. And it's like, yep. yeah, if you end up, you're practicing with grenades and then you end up pre-firing someone wrong, you're like, oh, fine. Well, that's okay because I wasn't, I wasn't practicing that. But then if you screw the grenade thing up, you're like, that was the thing I was supposed to be doing. So then you're properly taking notes in your head and like focusing on it. Because you can't focus on too many things. It's like trying to learn to drive or whatever. It's like, at the beginning, you're just overwhelmed by like trying to look out and use the use the, the steering wheel and trying to use the. I mean, we you pass your tester on manual here in the UK, and you're, at the beginning, it's just insane. You know, there's all the pedals, you know, the clutch, and you've got the gear stick. And you're trying to do everything at once, and it's like it feels impossible. But after a while, you're you drive for a year or whatever, and it's like you know you have a casual conversation with somebody in the passenger seat. It's like you're not even doing it <laughs> at all. So everything's everything's like that. Everything's like that. Yeah, you got to work out your Tarkov muscle overcome yeah. that anxiety yeah for sure yeah i really liked how you you use factory and um because i i guess it was just by chance i just i don't know what i just kind of got stuck on factory like just playing it when when i was first learning the game i guess it's because i looked at the maps and i was like factory is a really small map i could learn this map very easily i just have to play enough and i was you know experiment with kits and i've like kind of like liked the Ketter with 30 runner mags and the rat rig like yeah and i had a lot of fun doing that but i died a lot of times i mean one time i remember taking in an ak i've told the story many times but taking like an aks-74u and i load into behind forklift around the corner i see the guy down the hall you know at this point like i have like some understanding like okay when the when i'm loading the ray like you know it's balls to the wall you know i understand that i don't really know the spawns but i i'm starting to get the understanding so i go to shoot the guy and i fire one bullet and i freak out I'm like what what's happening like i had no clue the gun by default was on single fire so i was i was like so mad at the game dude and that's the other thing too is like even when you have that anxiety and it doesn't work out for me at least i want to like double down i'm just like dude screw that like i gotta like let's go again you know what i mean and it's like it almost like erases the anxiety and you're just like you're just like throwing yourself at it and then sometimes it can you know let's say you have a good like let's say you have a terrible raid and you have a good raid and it's like neutralized and then the anxiety starts back up again you know it can it can kind of happen like that sometimes but usually it's a lot less than that first raid after like you know a month break or whatever but yeah yeah anywho cool topic i did see um jockey in your chat he said uh for me it's the loading that's um the fact that it takes 10 to 15 minutes to actually get into the next raid, even do something, even if you go something in ridiculous and cheap. And yeah, I, I, that's something that's like always bothered me. I was like, man, not only do you get punished by you're losing the gear, some other players actively taking that gear. So they're getting, you know, you're getting a loss. They're getting a, a, a gain that just feels bad. Then you have to sit there, load up your character, do all this stuff. Then you sit in the loading screen, loading the raid, and then you get into the next raid, and you could potentially die within the first minute again. Like, it's just like, man, it's such a 
just like they keep wailing you back and forth um which i would man i really hope that they do something similar to the cycle or open world comes along we don't have to deal with the as long queue times because sometimes the queue times like even even what you're saying like turn like just churning out factory runs which i've done before it's still just like man sometimes you spend as much time loading into the raid as you do actually playing the raid and that's just like it's so inefficient man it feels so bad it feels so bad so it does it does i mean even if they made it so it wouldn't it sort of help but if you could sell stuff on the flea while loading in that would make a big yeah, difference that would help like that would help increment like that would be dude honestly just that one thing would be like such a big leap because it's like at least i can be doing something with my time other than all tabbing and you know like I, I don't know just like i literally am not playing a game when i'm sitting in a loading screen it's just like it's awful yeah it's enough exactly because that, that dead time you could be managing your stash because it takes a it takes a decent amount of time to manage your stash anyway. So if you're yeah. just sat in the loading screen for five minutes, you could then be selling everything on the flea market and yeah. listing up your offers. And as soon as the game's ready, bam, you're in. That yeah. would honestly make a huge difference, I think. That <sighs> would make huge. a huge difference. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You mentioned something before, like I really, really, really wish, and this has reminded me because I kind of forgot about this, but I really wish they let you change the parameters of the weapon before you go into raid. At least be able to use, like save whatever you did yeah. to the gun. Yeah, in the hideout in the shooting range. So change it to full auto. Put my laser on in this combination. Yep. That kind of yes. I really hate it. It's one of the things ah. that I really like about, and it's why I pretty much only use the NC Star Blue on Factory because mm. all I have to do is press one button and it clicks it on. I don't want to be sat there in Forklift Spawn going click IR, click laser, click laser yeah. flashlight, yeah. click you know, to try and find the setting that I want. You know, and the guy's bearing down on you, and you're like, well, I've still got to press my propital. It's like. <laughs> It's Dude. just easy when you've just got the blue laser and bam, on, on it goes. Because there's, there's like a legitimate use case. Like they have these rails, like the Goliath rail um, for the AKS-24U. It's got like all these different rails on it, right? And you could put like yeah. an IR, a flashlight, a laser, and there could be a combination where you could cycle through each one individually and then have them all turn off. But you have to sit there and like, oh, dude, I've done this before. It's like, you, it's, it's, it's a nightmare to do the starter. It's just like, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't yeah. work. The way Tarkov's designed, it just doesn't work. And the fact that you just can't go in your hideout and have it set, like, you know, switch the gun to full auto, have the laser on by default, have the flashlight off by default. Like, it would just be, man, that'd be, yeah, that'd be a huge thing as well. Some sort of system, whether it's in the hideout, if it's just like a menu, context menu that you click, I don't know, whatever. But, you know. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, yeah, thanks for Dr. Murdoch, was it? Sending in that question. I believe so. Um, <laughs> yeah, love hearing from you guys as yes. always. Dr. Murdoch, yes. And yeah, maybe we'll talk more next week about some parallels and some interesting stuff. I, I'm really excited to talk about RMT, guys, because I think, I think I'm actually kind of pro-RMT. Not gonna lie, I know. Oh my goodness! At the gamer in me is just like, oh, church, you're suffocating me. <laughs> but the pragmatic gamer is just like, mm, this is the way, my child. <laughs> and on that bombshell, before we cancel church, it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> last episode ever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. Interested to see what you have to say about that. Cool. Um, yeah, guys, it's been awesome. Um, check out quick. Last thing we got, I've 
officially got most of the ones the after shows that I've had saved, which is part of the show that's not official, but is official, whatever. It's on the Discord. You can find the, the logs there if, if you want to see some of these. They're not categorized um, as far as like what topics we talked about, but it's just, it could be any, it's like, I don't even know half the stuff. Like, God, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of scared. Like, what have we talked about in these? But anyways, check that out if you want some extra content. It's in the Discord uh, link in the description, wherever you're listening or watching. And with that, catch you guys next week. Catch you later.